0: In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, And if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World.
1: We're only here for a good time, not a long time. And while we're here, we would love if you would hang out with us for about the next 60 minutes or so. If you hear, you know who's talking, and then you know why we're here. Well, once again, we're on our everlasting mission to save the world. He is Jack. I am Kenyatta, and we are happy to be here. Thanks for tuning in, Jack. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing a okay. I am all right.
1: I'm,
0: I, you know, just the world is a beautiful place. Nothing crazy going on.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Never, never is. Never is. I guess we'll just be out of a job system. our self-appointed task.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You or know, not. <laughs> I honestly, I was, I'm surprised that it only took us a year and a couple months to completely solve all the world's problems.
1: It's amazing. Nobody, nobody, nobody will be able to do it as good as Dave, but yeah, we're, yeah. we're we, we did, it. we did pretty good work. We did pretty good work.
2: Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. I-
1: in case you don't know, listening friends, I'm talking about was a 1990-something movie called Dave starring Kevin Kline. Very funny. Check it out.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since Kevin Kline's been in a movie, hasn't
1: Yeah, he has been quiet for a while.
0: I need to bring him back. He's a good actor.
1: He is. The Fish Call Wanda is one of my favorites. Hands down.
0: Oh, I love a fish called <laughs> one.
1: Oh, yes, go mer- And I watched it again for the first time in years, like, I want to say early last year, maybe a year and a half ago. It had been years since I watched it before. I forgot how ridiculous it was. It's-
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. It's a great film. Great film.
1: It really is.
0: So. Are you first? I think you're first this week for the uh our lovely WTF moment.
1: I are. I are, and I have um, a WTF and a little a little update.
0: Oh, cool. I, so my, I'm excited.
1: My WTF, though, comes first. Why? Because I'm outraged. Can't you tell? Yes. <laughs> Lawyer, comedian, actor, game show host Ben Stein reminded everybody that he's still here.
2: Uh-huh.
1: When a few days ago he did a little video as a promo for, let's see, some kind of talk show he has. And he says, quote, I'm about to do something which I sometimes do, which is to make breakfast for dinner. Breakfast for dinner is a great thing. He continues. Aunt Jemima, yummy pancake syrup. Now, this used to show a large African-American woman chef. But because of the inherent racism of America's corporate culture, they decided to make it a white person. And then he looks at the bottle and says, or maybe no person at all. Mm. But I preferred it when it was a black person showing their incredible skill at making pancakes. Rightfully so. The dragging commenced almost immediately.
2: I would assume.
1: And this is almost like a continuation of my last week's WTF with Chris Berman at Super Bowl. Not necessarily outright racist, but just ridiculously ignorant and tone deaf.
0: Like standing on the edge of the cliff looking down close? Something.
1: <laughs> like, come on, dude. I heard this story you know, said you a few days ago, and while I was pulling up an article to discuss today, I pulled up some other things, and apparently he's Deeply conservative, which I never paid attention to. Because I just Mm -hmm. thought he was a funny guy. I used to watch his game show, Win Ben Stein's Money. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I did not know he was that kind of conservative. Mm -hmm. Right. So, there's him. And there's that. And if you ever needed a reminder that conservatism is alive and well and kicking and refuses to be awakened, there it is.
2: Well...
1: The old white guy Mrs. Aunt Jemima.
0: Well, you know, I mean, woke is such a horrible thing to recognize that, you know, maybe people have been treated poorly. And we certainly wouldn't want people to, you know, know that.
1: Gosh. Heaven forbid. In my opinion, the whole removal of that particular logo was not a big deal. Because it changed absolutely nothing in the greater stratosphere. <laughs> my question was, so you changed the logo. You, you changed it from Aunt Jemima to Pearl River Company. Like the first, the first time I saw the bottle in the store after they made this big change, I had to double take. I'm like, is this some new syrup? What is this? Is it, is it good? Oh, this used to be Aunt For me personally, it was not a big deal because that's not what anybody asked for. What was their parent company doing? Hmm. Were they upping diversity and inclusion efforts in their company? Anything like that? Do we hear anything like that going on? No. Then I don't give a shit about a bottle of syrup.
0: Yeah. I, I do like me, you know, breakfast foods mm-hmm. or waffles to pancakes. Correct. But I just, uh, can't imagine being so attached to the name of a, syrup pancake mix that I would be up in arms over it you know they could have called it I don't know giant balls pancake mix and syrup and I wouldn't have cared
1: now that I would have cared about. <laughs> <laughs> but they could have came with like the black and white generic label and just said syrup right? <laughs> and I would have yeah. been like oh look at here syrup and I would have been all I mean you know if it's, if it's running cheaper than everything else on the shelf, that's probably the one I'm going to look at first. And I'm like, Oh, look, syrup. Boom. It's going on with me.
2: Right. I'm, and I'm, I'm,
1: but I'm not, I'm not so bougie and fancy yet that I need like pure Canadian maple syrup. I'm not there yet.
0: Right. <laughs> but you should be. I should I have, be. I have some in the fridge and by God is that good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I should be. I'm, I'm taking baby steps. The thing of it is, is that so many people rightfully got upset with him. Yeah. But here's the thing. He, he's, he's like, he's been like this. This is nothing new. This is him yammering in the same way he's always yammered, apparently. Because according to his wiki, he's a staunch anti-abortionist. Uh. All those delightful conservative things. Um, an, an interesting note is that he feels like the wealthy don't pay enough taxes. So he's in that Warren Buffett
2: arena. odd.
1: But a lot of his other views are definitely conservative. So this is not, this is, this tracks for someone like him. But I I don't know that I even believe that he cares about something like this. He just does what so many other people do to say something provocative to get people paying attention. Because literally I forgot Ben Stein was around.
0: (laughs) Right. I had forgot that it was no longer Anne Jemima to be honest with you. That's how little it was on my radar.
1: <laughs> I'm saying. I'm like, this is this is I got I got a bottle in the in the pantry right now, Pearl River. It's in there. It tastes the same. Maybe I should upgrade to pure maple syrup. That may be my cue. But like I said, it, he's doing this it's the same playbook as any other conservative that wants some attention for some new Venture they have out.
2: Yeah, people,
1: people haven't been, you know, saying his name lately. So this, this very much did it. Congratulations, to plan worked.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Oh goodness, that's my WTF.
0: All righty, I'm ready for the WTF update.
1: update. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the kids at Hillcrest High School in Tuscaloosa. Alabama. Yes.
0: yes, I was hoping this was going to be the update.
1: Mm-hmm. Where, um, two weeks ago, about two, three hundred students walked out in protest over being told that they had to severely alter their Black History Month program. Well, that program took place yesterday, the 22nd. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly,
1: exactly two weeks after the walkout, over a thousand people attended
2: the oh.
1: program at the school. In the morning, and that included students, parents, community activists, and many other folks from the community. And despite the restrictions they had slapped on them, it turned out to be a very nice program. They were able, apparently, to work in discussing slavery to a point. I'm not sure how, I would really love to see it. But um, they worked in some history, they worked in music, they worked in dance, music from a certain era of course, because the kids were told they couldn't discuss anything prior to 1970. Right. So uh, they stuck to that, even though, um in another article I read, the kids and some of the parents and other people in the community had a meeting with some of the administrative folks from the school and the school board. And not much was achieved, unfortunately. But the kids still managed to, to pull off what was seen by most folks as a very good black history month program. So I'm thrilled mm-hmm. for that.
0: That's cool. That. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So awesome that they were able to open up with some Jimi Hendrix. Uh, no, never mind. They couldn't. Yeah.
2: Like
0: 19 remember 1970s. Yeah, and yeah. After. yeah. Yeah, yep. And the sup Oh, nope, nope. Couldn't have the Supremes. Diana have- Ross solo though, that would have been okay.
1: True. Um they could have they could have discussed uh, Marvin Gaye's seminal "What's Going On" album. Right, think that was somewhere in the early seventies, if I'm not Jackson mistaken. Five. Jackson Five was it? Was it they still the Jackson Five, or was it Jackson Five then?
0: I think they were. Well, I was just talking after 1970s, so they would have they would have qualified for for that.
1: No, I'm saying though, like once they left Motown, they can no longer be the Jackson oh, the Five. Five, mm-hmm. you know, Barry Gordy. Anyway. But
2: yeah.
1: yes, <clears throat> apparently, by all accounts, the program was a success. So that's good. I'm
0: glad to hear that it turned out uh, successful. Yes, yes. Even I'm though just, it's I mean, stupid.
1: Yeah, it, w- it, it was dumb that they even had to be put through all that rigmarole. Right. Because,
0: some,
1: because somebody was uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. See, my line would have been like, you know, maybe no two live crew, no Luke Skywalker, the rapper, not the Jedi. Sure. Um. To me, that would have been a line that would have probably have been appropriate. You know, no nine-inch nails closer.
1: Nothing vulgar. Right. Keep it family friendly. That may have been the only thing, and I'm sure the kids probably already knew that anyway. Right, but that but, means like
0: Louis Armstrong.
1: Yeah, I mean they could they could have they could have touched on every single genre of music and incorporated it in that, but no, somebody was uncomfortable.
0: Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay is one of the most perfect songs there is.
1: Agreed.
0: And Agreed. not the uh, oh dang it, the dude that remade it, in the, Michael Bolton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, yeah. I, mean, he, I. Should I have
0: to change my name? I'm not the one that sucks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, an office <laughs> reference. <laughs> but yeah, that whole thing is just just stupid.
2: Yeah, it really,
1: it really. Is. But for what it's worth, I'm glad there was, for all intents and purposes, a happy ending to this. And I hope—I honestly hope—that the administration in the school board stop mucking around and actually listen to these kids and other kids who have concerns like this, and not just because it's Black History Month. I mean, it kind of goes without saying. it. I'd, I'd be here all day if I if I go on.
0: But right, right. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, this is so stupid. A good rule of thumb might be if you swapped out, um, if we change this to you can't have any white music before 1970, if the idea of that offends you, then what you're doing is probably wrong.
1: (laughs) It was, um, no, it wasn't even music though. Right. So I mean, the whole thing, but yeah. Right. Right.
0: Uh You know, if you're like, I, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to, I can't think of, you know, Some movie, you know, of Mice and Men, we're not going to be able to talk about of Mice and Men because that took place before 1970. That would probably irritate people. The whole thing, it's just freaking stupid. I hate that.
1: We can't listen to anybody Holly Fox. I'm
0: sorry. Right. Right. Oh, guess we're not going to be able to talk about George Washington.
1: Darn. Oh, yeah. All the rest of those presidents. Yeah. All that. Yeah, we can we can start talking about let's see, nineteen seventies. We'll start with uh, Jimmy Carter, and he has my thoughts and prayers. Um, We'll start with Jimmy Carter, and go from there.
2: (laughs) Yep, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm tired of these stupid people. Man, just
1: America
0: hard to just not constantly be irritated.
1: And as we, as, as we kind of laid, when we first started, I remember us kind of laying out what our, our premise was. Just two human beings having conversations. And I'm, I know we're still right. You know, a year and change down the line. When I say that's where it needs to start. People talking to other people, mm-hmm. getting out of their own way and just listening to listen and not to, you know, Discount and minimize other people's experiences. This is a fine example of that not
0: happening. Right. I and mean, even when people tried to come up, you know, nice and talk and explain things, there's one half that apparently was completely inflexible
1: mm-hmm. and, and took it personal. Because to them, any history involving Black Americans before 1970 was going to make white people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that means that they were free to talk at length about Rodney King, George Floyd, Michael Brown,
0: yeah,
1: Trayvon Martin, Trayvon. Yeah, Rice. can I go
3: on?
0: <laughs> you know what I would imagine might make a person uncomfortable. Perhaps you work in a town and say, for just just say, for example. When it got dark, you could no longer be in that town because very bad things would, could happen to you, like get arrested, shit beat out of you, hung. I that probably made you feel pretty uncomfortable, but you still had to go there because you needed to get a paycheck.
2: Uh-huh.
0: That that was probably mildly uncomfortable for a person,
2: but I could be wrong,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. I,
2: oh, I
0: <laughs> doubt it, <laughs> but I'm wrong. <laughs>
2: I may
1: be wrong, but I don't think so. <gasps> you know,
0: there there are always exceptions to a rule. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt there's one for this,
2: but, you know.
1: No, <laughs> well, you're right, but, you know. Right. <laughs> Somebody might just come across this particular episode on accident and be made to feel uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> and you know what? I'm glad if you're made to <laughs> feel uncomfortable because I'm going to be honest with you. The last six years, so many things have made me feel uncomfortable. And in the last two years, it, you know, before it was maybe 50% made me uncomfortable. Now everything does because, like, God, duh. <laughs> feel uncomfortable. You'll be a better person afterwards.
1: Growth is on the under- other side of uncomfortability. But, you know,
2: yeah.
0: yep. one
1: person at a time. On yep, the go. yep. So, you're WTF.
0: All right. I I was planning on all week talking about the um, fact that it is now known without a shadow of a doubt that the Fox opinion anchors from 6 p.m. on knew that they were full of shit and lying to the people. Uh, but I decided to go a different route.
2: Hmm. I,
0: I just sort of felt if we started talking about that, that it would just end up taking the whole episode. And I didn't want to do that. So I'm going to find one that's also equally (laughs) irritating, but here it goes. This one's just great. First Baptist Church in Florida forces members to sign anti-LGBTQ contract. All members of First Baptist Church in Jacksonville must pledge to oppose LGBTQ rights to remain in the fold. And the article states by Hemet Meta on Only Sky, If you want to be a member of the First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, you must believe Jesus died for your sins, that gay people have no business getting married, and that transgender people don't exist. And honestly, the first one may be optional based on their new contract. Uh, Senior Pastor Heath Lambert says the church will now force the whole congregation to sign a document confirming their opposition to LGBTQ rights if they want to remain members. They have until mid March to turn in their hate group application. And here's the part of the document that people have to sign First Baptist Statement on Biblical Sexuality. As a member of First Baptist Church, I believe that God creates people in his image as either male or female, and that this creation is. A fixed matter of human biology, not individual choice. I believe marriage is instituted by God, not government. It is between one man and one woman, and the only context for sexual desire and expression. Then they name some Bible verses. And then there's the little box. I agree with and uphold the biblical truth contained in the first Baptist statement on, sec- on biblical sexuality. And then you sign and date it. And if you do not sign and date it, you will be excommunicated from the church. And then the pastor goes on to say, um, because he was interviewed and he doubled down when he told a local news station, if you put a swimming pool in your backyard and you say to the toddlers, have at it, and you don't ever put a fence up, if you only talk about the good things and you don't talk about the dangers, people are going to die. Lambert explained to Action News Jacksonville, the reality is our city is dying or drowning in sexual sin and then the next line's kind of funny he's confusing sexual sin with the flooding he's experienced due to the climate change he also denies but that i just found that funny but
2: uh-huh. <laughs>
0: um the, so since you know the supreme court what was it 2013 uh basically it legalized you know same sex marriage i've noticed that my marriage hasn't changed one bit it hasn't no oh. yeah we we still
2: our marriage is still the same, but, you know.
1: And here's not that I don't have a problem with that entire situation and quote unquote contract. That goes without saying. But what I have a particular issue is with is where, he, where it states marriage is a matter of, of the Bible and not the law. It right. is. So why do people have to go to the courthouse to get marriage licenses to be legally married? Right. Well, so you're you're pretty much flouting. You're just turning your nose up at the local law.
2: That's yeah. <laughs>
1: that's part I'm saying it's a minor point, obviously, compared to right. all the rest of this yeah. garbage. But so you just you made your own rules on this one, and then to imply the only reason for sex between human beings is to procreate.
0: Yeah, heaven forbid it be fun. But you know,
1: if, if that was the only reason. We would not have been created with libidos. Right. Oh, my God. How? That's just basic. That's basic. Bio, that's a matter of biology. Right. Okay.
0: Well, my question is, which biblical marriage are they talking about? Because you know there's Correct. more than one. Because mm-hmm. Abraham was married to his half-sister. Huh. Uh, he also pimped her out twice. Huh. Don't leave me. That's in the Bible. Uh, with an Egyptian pharaoh and a king of another city-state. Was it Jacob was married to sisters that he had kids? Abraham also knocked up his uh, wife's slave, not handmaiden, like people say. She was a slave, Hagar. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. David uh, was married to multiple women, got all hot and bothered for Bathsheba, sent her husband off to be mur- uh, killed in war so he could knock her, marry her. Point so that's being. one. But yeah, you know, Solomon <laughs> had like 700 wives, so which yeah. biblical marriage are you talking about? If you think like, about it, Eve was a clone of Adam.
1: The whole thing is inherently stupid. Yes. But it's also based, there's so many fallacies in it. It's laughable.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like,
0: oh my God, just get over here's it. The, here's,
1: the, here's the fun part. The fact that you felt like you had to draw up this little document at all lets you know that not everybody believes what you believe. Not even in your own sanctuary. Yep. What does that tell you about your beliefs? Not that they're wrong per se, but that they're foolish in their simple mind. And you, it's contradictory to boot. There's so many things. Yeah. There's so many things
0: here. <laughs> yeah. I.
1: I hope they lose half the congregation. That
0: by the That's my hope, because I don't think I would have gotten up, like, if it was announced, you know, from the pulpit, I don't think that I would have gotten up to leave at that moment, just strictly because that's the type of thing that could very easily turn into a situation that's not good for all parties involved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I probably wouldn't have left, but I certainly, that would have been the last time I attended that church.
1: Most definitely, and I'm I'm willing to bet that this is not the first expression of their particular conservative right. So the fact that they're, you know, this should not be a shock to people that go regularly. But nonetheless, I really hope half those people don't show up next Sunday.
2: Yeah, right. I do too.
1: This is this it's foolish and it's childish. Yeah, because because you don't believe in in the. The extraordinary part about this is that the LGBTQ plus community doesn't require anybody else to believe because they exist mm-hmm. regardless. Voila. Right. Your belief has nothing to do with whether or not they're here or not. They're gonna be here regardless of what you
0: think. Right. It's and not
1: like they're not unicorns. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I've I've never I have never once had someone knock on my door. And then when I answer it, say, hey, we would like to invite you to our next big gay meeting that we're having at the club. But there's a whole other group that does that type of stuff. And they be flyers in your windshield and on your door. Oh, but they're always talking her? about, you know, the, you know, the gay agenda. They're trying to indoctrinate your children. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Anyway, yeah. Just representing people in books and media is not trying to get people to do a certain thing.
1: Here's the fun part about that. Now that you say that is that if people were so easily influenced by what they see on TV and in movies and such, more people would be straight because the vast majority of human beings are heterosexual. Right. And that's been like that. Oh, I don't know for a really long time. Yeah. So.
0: And there'd be a lot more boomer aged cowboys. Because the something. 50s was all cowboy movies, right?
1: Yeah. So somewhere in here, whatever the quote agenda that people seem to think is going on is not really, it's not effective.
0: Yeah. And if having something pushed on you your entire life made you be a certain way, there'd certainly be a lot nicer, less judgmental Baptists.
1: Well, we digress. <laughs>
0: Anyway, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my uh,
0: God. with that, I think we should probably move on to today's person that we're going to talk about
1: as a former manager of mine used to say, "Keep pressing towards the mark. you shall press on
2: <laughs>
0: yes, yes, this is one that I'm quite happy to talk about. oh yes um it's it's quite interesting and It may piss some people off. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe not. Today we are going to talk about Nathan Nearest Green. He was born in 1820 and nobody knows when he passed away. He was an American head stiller, now more commonly known as a master distiller. And this is what's really, really cool about this person is he was the master distiller when Jack Daniels started his Tennessee whiskey company. When you're drinking Jack Daniels, that formula, that flavor, this is the man that is responsible for that. They've been making it that way forever. He taught uh, Jack Daniel how to do this stuff. And he's who Jack Daniel brought in. The interesting thing, though, about Nearest Green is that he was born into slavery, and he was emancipated after the American Civil War. And that is when Jack Daniel hired him to do this. And so sometime, once again, dates, no one knows. There was no Facebook to write this stuff down. But sometime in the 1850s, when Jack Daniel was a boy, he went to work for a man named Dan Call, who was a preacher, a grocer, and a distiller. And according to company lore, the preacher was a busy man. Well, you would think he had three jobs. And when he saw promise in young Jack, he taught him how to run his whiskey still. But you're not going to believe this, Kenyatta. I can see that you're sitting down, which is good. Because this is going to shock you. It turns out there was more to the story than this. Hmm. For example, what really happened was Nearest Green was one of Call's slaves, and he was the actual distiller who taught Jack Daniels how to do this, not Mr. Call. Now, I'm not saying he was probably taught by Mr. Call how to do this. Mm -hmm. So I guess in a in a stair-stepped way, he sort of <laughs> he taught him, and there was you know probably you know some mutual teaching going on there. Mm-hmm. but I would have to assume that uh, Mr. Green had to have been really good and left a pretty damn big impact on Jack Daniels is when he started his whiskey company, that was the man he hired to distill the whiskey right
2: mm-hmm.
0: he He didn't hire Mr. Call. He hired nearest Green. Mm-hmm. So you would have to assume that that's probably the true story, not the other one that was put out there. Um, You know, I, I can't imagine that they would lie about that.
2: No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, okay. It says that oh, I don't even like reading this. God dang this sucks documentation shows that green was owned by a firm known as Landis and green who likely hired him out to call for a fee green was one of the few enslaved people who stayed on to work with call after the emancipation proclamation when introducing green to an eight-year-old jack damion calls quoted as saying uncle nearest is the best whiskey maker that i know of call reportedly said to green i want jack to become the world's best whiskey distiller if he wants to be you can help me teach him. So, obviously, the truth did come out.
2: (laughs) Mm, Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Not shocking at all. Not at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I I think it's pretty cool. Everybody called Nearest Green Uncle Nearest, and he also played the fiddle and apparently was a lively entertainer. And Green's descendants say that this trait was passed down to his son, Jesse Green. Um, As we know, slavery ended with the ratification of the 13th Amendment, unless you are a prisoner in the U.S. penal system, in which case you are technically still able to be a slave, but that is a different podcast that we've already covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that Daniel opened his distillery a year later and immediately employed two of Green's sons, George and Eli Green, and all at least three Green sons were part of the Jack Daniel distillery staff, George Green, Eddie Green, and Eli Green, and at least four of Nier's grandchildren also joined the Daniel team, Ot, Charlie, Otis, and Jesse, and all seven straight generations of Nearest Green descendants have worked for the Jack Daniel Distillery, with three direct descendants continue to work there as of November 2017. (laughs) Nearest was married to Harriet Green, and they had 11 children together, nine sons and two daughters. Four of their sons, Louis, George, Jesse, and Eli, are listed in the 1870 census, and seven of the sons and both daughters are listed in the 1880 federal census. Oh. Author Fawn Weaver launched the Nearest Green Foundation to to honor him. The foundation is responsible for a new museum, a memorial park, and a book about his life. In addition, it has established a college scholarships for Green's descendants, which is cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then um, in July 2017, Uncle Nearest Inc. created a whiskey honoring the legacy of Nearest Green, uh, debating as Uncle Nearest 1865 Premium Whiskey. It was created by working with two Tennessee distilleries, but not Jack Daniel. I sort of maybe kind of get that. I feel that they should have been the one, though, to produce the special Mirrors Green blend.
1: But then they would have had to...
0: Recognize. Explain.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, you know, the thing is, though, I honestly feel if they were to do something like that, had they done something like that, I actually think that... Never mind. Half the country would have been like, this is really cool. And then we would have had the Aunt Jemima to River uh, Mill, Pearl River Mill changing uproar. So I guess, yeah, no. I, I regret saying that it could have been a good thing because that would have been Fox News going ape shit.
1: Okay. Um, I know sometime this weekend I'm jogging right out to the ABC store and pick me up a bottle.
2: There you go. There hmm. you go. Hmm.
0: Yep. But yeah. And- Oh, no, go I'm ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. There's just a little bit more um about his uh life that I was going to read. But say what you were going to say, and then I can get back into that part.
1: It would have been an honorable thing had Jack Daniels said, hey, this is where our founder learned to make this incredible whiskey. This man right here. And in honor of him, we're going to issue this special blended or however, you know, how do you explain the good whiskey? Mm-hmm. We're going to offer this special batch or whatever. And don't even make it a limited thing. It's like, this is new. This is ongoing. This is now part of our selection. Do that.
2: Yeah. Introduce
1: it and then tell the story. I, I mean, and the internet is our friend because anybody who wants to know this mm. can. But how yep. many people would have thought to even look? How many people? Yeah. And think, you know, oh, Jack Daniels is great. I wonder, what's their history? Maybe, maybe there's some people that are interested in something like that and have gone and dug this up. But obviously, it's not a big enough piece of the history to have made it, you know, out there, out there. It's not advertised.
2: Right.
1: You know, there's nothing on Jack Daniel's label that talks about, hey, Jack Daniel's learned this from Uncle oh, yes. Yeah. Nothing like that. You have to kind of dig around for it. So yeah. it's like, why? where is the where's the problem in saying this is where this came from? Let's honor this man,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: I'm mean, at a loss, I'm mean, at a loss
0: Here's the thing that I find particularly interesting is it is believed that Marys Green is the person that introduced charcoal filtering in the process when they're making whiskey- mm-hmm. um, it's called the Lincoln County process because of course it is um. But there isn't this <laughs> but there's no like actual proof that he's the one that started this,
2: mm.
0: and apparently other distillers in that area had also started doing it around the same time
2: yeah.
0: but here's the here's the part where I'm getting at it is believed by many whiskey and food historians to have been brought in by slaves who were already using charcoal to filter their water and purify their foods in West Africa. And so it's not really much of a leap to think that somebody would think, hey, what if we filtered, you know, the whiskey through the distilling process like that? And people have to remember that for most of human history, water was dangerous. Yeah. Because it was full of bacteria, and most people died. That's why... Right. That's why people started drinking mead and beer and other, you know, and wine at like age one, you know, you, because water wasn't necessarily the safe thing to drink. Whereas mm-hmm. alcohol fixed all of that issue. So, yes. um, I, it, it's to me, that makes perfect sense that that would have been the case, but apparently he is responsible though for using sugar maple trees in that area. So. You know, that's, I, I tend to think that that's probably something that was going on in that area and, you know, beforehand. Cause there's a lot of things that were brought about, not just because like one slave did it and invented it. They, people knew about it out of necessity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like slow cooking brisket. Correct. Cause yeah. that's the, that's the part of the cow they gave you and, on 30 different plantations, when you get stuck with this tough coat of meat, eventually people are just going to happenstance on the same thing, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, we got to learn how to cook it so it's palatable. We right. Or we, we yeah. don't make it do what it do. Okay. So yeah, you're, a lot of these practices were out of necessity or, or just a more, in, 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 by way of cooking things, a more palatable way to prepare what were considered scraps. Yeah, and that's just you know it's the same the same premise behind you know using every part of a pig,
0: <laughs> right? That's you know ribs, delicious, delicious ribs,
1: delicious bacon.
0: We bacon. digress. <laughs> you you will notice though there there is a part that I have stopped well shy of, and that would be chitlins.
2: Uh,
1: yeah, I figured you would. Yeah, um, would. I haven't completely cut them out of my life, but my enthusiasm has diminished over the years. But it's yeah. a thing. It's I, a thing. Yeah, I, I understand. I've, I've heard I've heard some of the worst names for ti- for titterlings over the years. I try
2: not to think about it, but what can you do? But you know, yeah.
0: It, yeah. I, so I would imagine though that you know there there was probably some. You know, as people move from probably, I don't have no idea how often it occurred, just off the top of my head, but you know, if you move from one plantation to another, you would take the things that you knew and had learned and it would spread and that's, and teach it to others. And that's how it happened. And I would imagine that that's probably water filtering because if there are stills made in prisons today to make alcohol. I would have to assume that even if a plantation owner did not want his slaves to drink, there were probably some hidden, (laughs) you know what I mean, illegal stills going on. (laughs) I can't imagine there not being, you know, how we were talking about being uncomfortable earlier. Mm. That's kind of how I'm feeling
2: right now. Well,
1: I was just thinking about the fact that in prisons you don't necessarily need stills. You just have to have a place to hide it while it ferments, <laughs>
2: right? Yeah.
1: But it reminds me of this show. I can't even remember what channel it's on. One of those reality shows where it's about moonshiners.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's on Discovery. Yeah,
1: yeah, Discovery, and they follow these folks back into you know some unnamed piece of wood somewhere to their little their, their little distillery shack. Hey, look what we got going. They're like. And it's not like what you're thinking, like a little tiny shack with, you know, put together with spit and tape. No, no, no. These are industrial,
3: clean, silver shot.
1: Yes. Like the episode I watched, they were experimenting with uh, infusing fruit into the liquor. <laughs> and they were trying to figure out a good technique. And I'm just sitting there like,
0: uh.
1: this stuff was supposed to be illegal back in the... Never mind. I, Never mind.
0: <laughs> I, I used to have some apple pie flavored moonshine. I'm not going to say how I got it. Mm-hmm. Other than um, I, IRS, I paid taxes on it. I Yes, that's what happened. Anyway. Okay. It was really good though. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was, so I had this thing of, you know, apple pie flavored moonshine. And it really did taste like apple pie. And my, uh, my cousin that was in the Air Force was getting married. He lived here in, in Oklahoma City. And so my, uh, my mom's mom and my mom's sisters were here and we were having this big get together at my house beforehand. And my, I think grandma was 88 at this point. Um, <laughs> so I had it and I was sort of letting people you know, smell it or whatever because it, it had quite the smell. So, my sister was like, Well, I want to try it. I'm like, all right. So, I poured her a little shot. It was the funniest damn thing I've ever, well, not the one of the funniest because she drank it and then her whole body shivered and then she raised her hands and she was like, Jesus.
1: <laughs> mm, I know the feeling. It hadn't been behind moonshine, but I know the feeling.
0: <laughs> it's so. Everybody was just laughing at my sister. And my grandma goes, I want to try some. Uh Like the whole room turns to her, like, you know, 15 people that are in there. And they're like, what? Are you kidding? She's like, no, I've never had moonshine and I want to try it. And my mom's just sort of looking at her like she's lost her mind. So I was like, I'm I'm not going to stop you. You're, you know, 88. If you want to try some moonshine, who am I to tell you no? (laughs) So I poured her a little shot, it was roughly the same amount that I gave my sister. It wasn't even like a full shot. It was like a quarter of a shot glass, right? So it wasn't even much. My grandma gets that, she tosses it back, sets it down, and she's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know if my grandma had ever had alcohol.
1: But you know, you know the old folks been through some things. They are, they are made out of tough stuff. So I'm not surprised it didn't phase her. I'm really not. Did she did, yeah. she? did she want another shot? Or was she just good?
2: She was good with that one. Okay. I
0: don't know if I would have
1: let her. You know. I'm
2: saying though,
1: they've been through some things. They are they are tougher than their kids think they are. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm saying though, didn't phase her that one bit. Maybe like maybe her pinky toe twitched a little bit, but nobody knew. That might have been the yeah. extent of it.
2: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> that right.
2: Been
1: extent, but yeah
0: yeah um, i'm gonna i'm gonna see though if I can find that uncle near's select uh whiskey and uh-huh. see if I can't get a bottle at some point oh, that okay. I then will never drink
1: yeah i mean i'm gonna I'm gonna crack it open and I'll make me a whiskey sour and then i'm gonna if for as much as I know about judging alcohols i'll you know I'll give it a score i'll I'll report back, but I think this is worth looking into very much so cause I just
0: I, I'd appreciate an update.
1: Yes, I will. I will definitely give you one i'm hoping i hope I'm hoping they have it here, so
0: yeah, that's, that would be good. you know what i I am so dumb because I have this magic thing in front of me called the internet mm-hmm. and a laptop, and mm-hmm. I can there's this amazing thing called uh copy and paste mm-hmm. that I only just now remembered that is right here in front of me. So I'm going to go to this magic thing called Google, Mm If you know, the laptop will decide to load Google. Let's see. All right. It is still being sold. Uh, It looks like it ranges anywhere from 47 to about 65 bucks. Uh, Now let me click on this to see the exact size of the bottle. Uh, if you go to a website called Whiskey and Whiskey,
1: oh, do they sell whiskey?
0: Yes, isn't that strange?
2: Isn't it?
1: I would never. Yeah, uh, it looks like they have some really good. Um, I don't know. I don't know what word you use to describe.
0: All bottles are seven hundred and fifty milliliters.
1: Hmm, okay.
0: And yeah. of all of the reviews I am seeing on it.
1: It looks like it's good
2: stuff. Well, why
0: wouldn't it be? This must be good, because there is nothing below a um, five-star. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. There is literally, it is 100% on Whiskey and Whiskey, five-star reviewed. 100%. And it has 100 reviews, so it's not like there are 10 reviews that was, a you know, five stars. Every single one has given it uh five stars.
1: Yeah, I'm reading some of these reviews. I mean, these are people who know their liquor. They're like nice sweetness with a maple taste with hints of other spices and cinnamon. Very smooth, nice color. I prefer neat. I did not experience burn. Simply yeah. pour a glass and leisurely sip. Advertising and marketing is solid. Uncle Nears, 1884, exceeded my expectations. Highly recommend. So listening friends, if you are somewhere... That, you know, you can verify you've got a liquor store nearby that sells it. Let's, let's all go get a bottle. Let's go. Go.
0: Right. Let's do a live stream where we get hammered drinking Uncle Naras whiskey. <laughs> I
1: don't know, hammer. Maybe a little, t- maybe a little tip. Right.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess we could get tipsy.
1: Just a snitch. But and yeah. now
0: I'm going to go to their website.
1: Oh, yeah. And I want to, um, Which
0: is com in mm-hmm. case anybody listening would like to go to their website.
1: Mm-hmm. And it looks like there's a short video mm-hmm. explaining the backstory narrated by the fantastic actor Jeffrey Wright. If you've never heard of this man, shame on you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he is a good actor. You are <laughs> not, you are not joking about that.
1: He is versatile and he has a very distinctive voice. So I'm definitely going to. Take some time to watch that video. And I enjoy hearing this. I enjoy hearing about this backstory. I would have never thought. Yeah. It's it's not surprising how many things people use on a regular basis that somehow, somewhere had its inception with a black person. Not surprising.
0: Yeah. And it has won over 550 awards since 2017. Nice. That's pretty, that's pretty fucking incredible it that's is. a that is a first of all i did not know there were that many liquor awards yeah so there is that but that is a lot and it has 65 best in class honors mhm it's won world's best by world whiskies awards two chairman's trophies from ultimate spirits challenge spirit brand of the year from wine enthusiasts top 5 whiskies in the world by cigar and spirits magazine and multiple platinums and double golds by SIP awards. I don't know all caps. I'm not sure what that is. And four double golds at the SF World Spirits Competition, as well as Best American Whiskey and Whiskey of the Year. <laughs> and apparently they also have a second one now. The could Originals, Uncle Nearest 1856. But there is now also Uncle Nearest 1884,
1: mm-hmm. which is a
0: small batch whiskey. Yeah,
1: that's the one I saw. And yeah. yes. They do sell it here. So guess what I'm doing it tomorrow immediately <laughs> after I get off the clock? Hello. Get off
0: the clock. Yep. Yeah. The, oh, go ahead. I was going to the 1856 100 proof, the 1884
1: 93 proof. All right. Ooh, nice. Um, Their 323 acre distillery in Shelbyville, Tennessee is dubbed as the Malt Disney World.
2: <laughs> Malt Disney World.
1: That's glorious. I think that might be an eight hour drive for me. That's a cool So, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's, I, I love you. Yeah.
0: This. I do. I've, see, gosh dang it. Now you, you got me thinking because you said that. All right. Hang on. Back, eight
2: hour drive. <laughs>
0: back to the googles. And I'm not going to say where, where you live, but I am going to get some directions from to see how long it would take you. Yeah. And Beep. Virginia to
1: <laughs> Shelbyville, Tennessee,
2: <laughs> Shelbyville, Tennessee. And
0: hello. Here we go. Oh, it, it actually probably be closer for me to go than you. It okay. is a 11 hour drive from, for you.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a day. If I have two drivers, so that's right. Let's see here.
0: <laughs> let's see what it is for me. <laughs> it's like fifteen minutes shorter for me,
1: <laughs> well then it's e- it's, they call that equidistance, so
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that's interesting, that's interesting. I just had to figure out a way to get there and avoid the mountains cause that is a treacherous journey going through the mountains of Tennessee. Ooh, boy,
0: yeah, and they do tours from uh Thursday. Friday, Saturday, nine thirty a.m. to four. You get a tour and a tasting, and then Sunday, eleven thirty to three. But you have to bork bur- book your tour now. That's a new word if you combine book and tour. Bork. Oh. bork. Um. Bork. Anyway, <laughs> the yeah, this is just really cool, and it's one of those mm-hmm. that he's getting the recognition now. That's the yeah. cool part. Let me let me phrase it that way. That's the cool part. But I just, you know, as is often the case in American history, it's just been whitewashed.
1: And every time a story like this is discovered and and verified, there's still always people that come up and say, no, that's not true. They'll minimize someone's involvement in it or they just deny it outright.
2: Mm -hmm. Because
1: once again, it comes back to the notion that I guess in a way, it's connected to the whole, what, great replacement theory?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: not only will white folks be replaced one day, but all their history be erased, too. And this is just one more indication of that. Yeah. Calm, calm down. Relax. Nobody's they- going anywhere.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, on the com, if you go to mm-hmm. history... Um, they have an actual picture of him. I have no idea how old he was in this picture. Oh. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, dude. Were alive today, he'd probably be pretty popular with the ladies. He was not an unattractive fella.
1: I believe it. I do believe it.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you're uh, pulling it up on your phone, but I I think he would have been uh, rather popular with the ladies.
1: I just I just did see that. I did see that. Yes, he's. He's easy on the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Yep.
0: See, we're equal opportunity here of talking about people that are attractive. We've talked about attractive ladies and attractive dudes, and now we're talking about attractive men that are vastly important to the history of whiskey.
1: I mean, these things are not mutually exclusive.
2: Right.
1: So, you know, this is not a bad thing. But, um, yeah. I mean, you. There's nothing you can do about the fact that it took this long for them to be able to establish this distillery and get the story out there. But just like you said, it is good that they are being honored and recognized now.
0: Yeah. And honestly, for me, the best part is oftentimes where they try to take a similar situation, right? And they're trying to. Give somebody the recognition, and they'll have a product or something that's named after them frequently. the product let's be honest sometimes it's kind of shitty because they're just trying to capitalize on the name
1: oh so mediocre yeah mm-hmm.
0: and mm-hmm. that is not the case with uh with this company. You do not win that many awards in five years. you do not have a one hundred percent you know five star rating if you're putting shit out
1: mm-hmm. no
0: it that no. to me is the best part of. Not only them getting his story out and making it known, as it is a top-notch product and quality Correct. product. To me, I, that's the best part.
1: Whatever processes he taught Daniels back in the day, clearly it's something that he handed down, and they maintained that process and probably improved upon it over the years. So they maintain no. that quality of production. Just like you said, putting out a quality product. That apparently has never changed. So
0: Yeah. And they sell merch, folks.
2: They have merch.
1: Oh, T shirt.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: I'll wear the T shirt and people will be like, What the heck is this? And I'll be able to tell them a little bit of history.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. I uh we will see if they have chubby people size shirts.
2: They got shot glasses.
0: <laughs> yep. We this is completely going in a different direction. I didn't know that we were gonna be um Standing over a website (laughs) (laughs) in in a whiskey.
1: If 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 there had to be a diversion, I appreciate this kind, so I'm not mad.
0: Yeah, (laughs) no, actually, (laughs) actually, I think having getting to go and do this, I actually think it's kind of the uh, the cherry on top, really, because it is nice to. A lot of times we highlight people that are worthy of being highlighted, obviously, or we wouldn't be highlighting them. But it's not always necessarily something that. In my opinion, and so well,
1: <laughs> or or sometimes what they were involved in, unfortunately, is no longer as tangible as it once was. Right. But this, like, either one of us can literally, literally go on the website, order a shirt, and it'd be here Monday. You know, like, yeah, just something about being that close to something so historic. Yeah. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I just feel like, uh, it's sort of like, uh, last year when we highlighted Bass Reeves, that Mm -hmm. it's someone that was like just on the edge of exploding onto like popular mainstream consciousness. And I feel like, yes, there's this whiskey company that's doing great things, but I feel like this, this is probably on that same bill of about to really get big.
1: Like, I, it, it is big. That's the thing. I meant it's, bigger. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's, uh, and speaking of Bass Reeves, I do believe they're getting ready. I don't know when it's coming out, but they, I don't know if you've heard that show, Yellowstone.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: They're doing a spinoff of Bass Reeves from that show.
0: Yeah. They, uh, the producers of that show have been in contact with the museum I work at because we have some of the, uh, we have more artifacts of Bass Reeves than, Anywhere else. Mm -hmm,
2: mm
0: -hmm. More info on him.
1: I might not tune in the other. I might tune in the other stuff because they've got somebody on there that I didn't know he was on there and I'm interested now. So I might be watching that, but I will definitely tune in to this Bash Reef series because you rarely hear about him at all. Yeah, right. I mean, you may, I think, I think, well, there was a documentary, there were a couple of fictional depictions of him in movies. And then there was mention of him and I think we brought this up last year and when you talked about him, there was a mention of him in the very first episode of HBO's Watchmen series. Yep. But there was mentions of him in popular culture or really in documentary was so few and far between.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm I'm appreciating that you he's one of those ones that's getting more attention. And with someone like him getting more attention, it opens up the story of the old West and how Mm -hmm. there were far more black Americans involved than all those Westerns Saturday mornings were ever showing it. So,
0: Oh yeah. I, (laughs) I don't know if this is true. I didn't, you know, I didn't research any of this. So I have, I have no idea if it's true, but once again, it's one of those things that if you just sort of look at it on the surface and you think about it, it probably could be, but, um, there isn't, I heard somebody say that there were probably actually more black cowboys than there were white because when you were freed from slavery, I mean, what's more ultimate freedom than wandering around the frickin' West on a horse, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could see where that would be, uh, something that you would want to do. <laughs>
1: True, and and considering that not surprisingly, there weren't a whole lot of employment opportunities
2: for free. That's shocking, huh? Right? Gosh, I can't imagine.
1: A lot of the a lot of them ended up staying on at the places that they were formerly slaves at. A lot of them uh ended up sharecropping, things of that nature.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So something like, you know, if you had enough money to get yourself a horse, a good saddle and a good hat yeah, you can make something of going from town to town to town. You know, doing something for this person or doing something for that person, or like fast read, possibly getting involved in law enforcement. Yep. I can I can see that. Especially again, it was just a matter of this is what what's available. So
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and that's an unfortunate fact. But
0: well, the thing I really think is kind of cool in this is the more people that. The sort of the real history, the unwhitewashed version gets out. I think the more we will start hearing similar stories you know taking place or coming to light um but you gotta get that ball rolling, yeah, you do, and um so i I appreciate when you have something like Mir's Green where people took such an interest in it that they're making him part of the consciousness because that will that will help on other things that have been whitewashed to get the the real history out.
1: Feels like it's just been agonizingly slow because there's yes. so many stories from so many different aspects of American culture that have been buried.
0: And you are 100% correct in that. And <laughs> It is painfully slow. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think it, well, it's because really, I mean, let's be honest. From about 1980 to about 2005, during Black History Month, it was like the same ten dudes were girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these ten, fifteen peoples, all you ever heard about.
1: It was always it, MLK and Rosa Parks.
0: Yeah, and there was so much more to the story, and um, I'm not blaming anybody or anything like that, but that is part of. Obviously, there's more to it. When I say part of the problem, a small part of the problem, <laughs> but
1: I mean, and you're right. Over the years, even with you know the two the two folks I just mentioned, there, their stories have become bigger and wider and more complicated than yep. just the the sanitized version that the kids got in the yep. history
2: books.
0: Yeah, yeah. So-, so, yeah, um, I guess the. We probably need to go ahead and wrap this up, and um, I'm just going to leave with, um, since uh, this is your weekend to edit, maybe you should wait on Saturday to try the whiskey until after you're done.
1: I mean, I can in, sip during.
0: In case it's really, really good, gotta, <laughs> which apparently go. it is.
2: Make sure I'm getting <laughs> a, a bottle of mix. i will be, fine. be it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
1: Fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> fine. Um, I joke, friends. friends. <laughs> listening friends, um, thank you again for hanging out with us. This yep. is the, the, our last episode for Black History Month special. But who knows? Somewhere down the line, you may make something of this. So you never know.
0: There will be an update on, on the whiskey. Mm-hmm. But since we have you here and we're about to leave, I would just like to add that uh if you could please like, share, follow, rate um, the podcast on whatever streaming platform you listen to it, that would be really helpful. It would move us up in the algorithms, start getting us recommended on the feeds where they have the recommend feed. But we need your help to get into uh, that algorithm like that. And then also, if you feel so inclined, you can go to www.buymeacoffee.com backslash hyperfocus pods. And you can make a one-time donation or you could provide monthly support. Um, we're not, we're not forcing you to do that, but it would be lovely if you did because we do have some expenses. We do. <laughs> that we are do. involved with this little endeavor.
1: We like the kind that jingles, but we prefer the kind that bolts. Either way, friends, the fact that you're here listening to us is reward enough. We hope you yes. continue to do so. Spread the word. Tell your friends, your family, coworkers, your pets, any stray cows that you have it upon as you drive down the roads. Whoever, spread the word. We're here, we're good, and we're out to save the world. Until next time.
2: Bye!
3: As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash dash jack save the world on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W on Facebook, or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. You can also find further information about our chosen charities, Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others, if you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash Can Come yet and Jack save the world production of Hyper Focus Podcasts.